And Warm Trophy Kids is presented by Bad News Media. It is May 18th, and my Boston Celtics are trying to kill me. Um, Boston Celtics lose to Miami 126-16. It's an absolute disaster. I mean, we lose home court in the series for now once again, um, similar like we did in the Sixers series. The Celtics are what now, 11-11 and in the last... 22 games at the Garden. Um, just the Bruins and Celtics record at the Garden recently has been just... It's a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. Um, there are so many issues with this team at times. Uh, it's an absolute roller coaster from hell because the highs are electric and are adrenaline rushes like none else, but the lows make you want to vomit and curl up in the corner. Um and it comes down to, you know, style of play, um, bad coaching matchups. I mean, once again, you know, Joe swimming out of his depths. Um, and we're going up against a team with Eric Spolcher, who is one of the best, if I'm not going to say the best coach in the NBA, but he's clearly one of the, the best coaches in the NBA. Um, what he's done at Miami, what that entire organization has done down there. Miami was the team that I was definitely the most afraid of in the East because let's face it, Jimmy Butler um, in this Miami heat team is a different team in the playoff. They don't take, you know, plays off. They don't take games off. If you're not bringing your a game, they're shoving it to you and they're being aggressive and they're being fast and they're trying on, on every play and they're scrapping and clawing all the way. And this Boston team is not, I mean, there were so many times where guys just weren't crashing the boards. They weren't getting back on defense. You know, Tatum had his just somebody's home, but the lights aren't on moments at the, the end there. Um, just complete mind farts left and right. Um, and it, it, it comes down to a lot of things. Um, I think the clear, the clearest thing to me as I continue to watch the Celtics team play, I continue to see these games is, that coaching is definitely an issue. The Boston Celtics win and lose games purely on talent almost alone. Um, Bill Belichick was in the building tonight. And we know Bill Belichick is the greatest situational coach ever. And if you've ever seen, you know, practice film or behind the scenes, he's always just throwing out random, you know, things to guys, random situations that they might come, come across to kind of prepare them for any situation you might face in the game. This Celtics team has zero situational awareness, just zero point blank, zero situational awareness. They have no idea what to do at any point in the game. It's simply like, let's play ISO ball. Let's hope Tatum's going off or Brown's going off. Um, it's wildly inconsistent week to week. There's no real like set plays you could go to to really kind of get some things going. It's a disaster. That's why we're 11 11 at home. Have you ever seen a team this talented with a building that is that loud go 500 in the playoffs? The last 22 games here down the stretch? Like, what, what are we doing? Um, I don't think the series is lost by any stretch of the imagination. I, I always thought this series was going to go six. I still believe the Celtics can win this series, but it, it it's going to take something out of this Celtics team. Like they have a lot of just like, let's fuck around and see what happens mentality. And you just, you can't have that against Miami. You can't take nights off. 
um, you've got to come ready uh, to compete at every moment. Um, and hopefully this is a wake up call, you know, we'll see. We should, you know, Bam's going to have to play seven feet tall and be an absolute force all the time. And we might be able to wear him down, down the paint. Like we've got more dudes to throw at him. Um, Joe's got to be better. The team's just got to be better. That's that. Um, Jimmy Butler. I mean, the heat did what the heat did. Um, it's no surprise. They're back here. It's no surprise that we have the four bubble teams here in the Eastern Western conference finals. Because these teams, when it comes down to it, have dudes who just love ball. That's what it is. Because that that's what the bubble highlighted. The bubble highlighted because that's all you had. You had no distractions. It was essentially how good were you and how much do you love the game of basketball to stick it out um, with no distractions, nothing else. Everything is fair, loving playing field. Like, no wonder these teams are back in the conference final championships, their main stars are dudes who get after it. Um, And that's what we got with the heat culture. I mean, the heat as an organization have done a phenomenal job. Eric Spolstra, Pat Riley, the whole, whole group of identifying a guy, Jimmy Butler, that they're going to, they're going to build their mentality around. And then they're going to do an absolute phenomenal job developing guys that aren't high profile guy, high profile guys coming into the league. Like this team is built in such a beautiful way um, that it requires your your full attention at all times. Like attention to details are going to be absolutely crucial. And the Boston Celtics just they don't have that night in and night out. And that's Joe. That's coaching. Like he's just out of his depths. Um, and that will ultimately be the downfall if the Celtics do fall. I still think they'll win six. Because I think, you know, similar to the Sixers game, the Celtics sort of like to pride and poke and kind of feel things out, which I don't love. Um, but they've always sort of been able to turn it on. And hopefully they can do that here in this series. They've clearly got the talent for them. They're the more talented roster. Um, they've got the guys, but they got to bring their lunch pails every day. Plain and simple. Like there were so many times where we were just launching up shots and nobody's crashing the boards or nobody's getting back in transition defense. You know, guys are just calling the playoff. Um, defensively, it's a disaster. There's just no effort. Like, defense is an effort game, and we were a nightmare effort-wise. Um, so just a, a bad game overall. I, I'm sure the fans don't want to just hear my brain rattle around this game. Um, I am a cable guy so i still have hardline cable but i heard the youtube product was terrible which makes me horrified for the nfl season like this push to go all streaming the nfl is now having a, a playoff game on peacock which is absolutely ridiculous um i heard youtube tv just had a horrible night little mermaid was showed for about 20 20 minutes there um not great not putting a whole lot of confidence um for when we've got the now sunday ticket on youtube here um, got to get that figured out. But yeah, that was Celtics um, heat. Last night we were treated to... Yes. <laughs> Darren Ravel called it the greatest game ever played. Um, great game. Lakers Nuggets. That's also going to be an awesome series. No surprise that these two teams are in the conference finals. Jokic is, is the best player in basketball right now. He is the best player in basketball without question. He he is what you want in an MVP type guy. Uh, he can do everything. 
but outside of that, somebody that I didn't hear a lot of people giving roses to, and and this is, you know, I, I stay very much in the East during the season. Like as as longtime listeners know, I'm not tuned in as much to the NBA as I am with football, college football, and and other sports. I, I tune into my Celtics. I tune into the Eastern Conference, and I've got a good idea of what's going on in the West. But things that I have forgotten just watching the NBA playoffs. One on a separate topic, Anthony Edwards is so fun to watch. Like that dude is so much fun to watch play basketball. But another guy that is super fun for me to watch is Jamal Murray. This dude got after it. 31 points, five assists, five rebounds. I don't feel like a lot of people are talking enough about him. Like this is the nightmare problem because when Jokic is getting his, and he went off for 34 14 assists and 21 rebounds. There was a point in the game where he was on pace for 66. I mean, he's the best player in the world. He's the best player in the world right now. Um, if those two guys are going, I just, I don't see how the Lakers can win this series. Um, you're going to have to figure out something, something there. And I think to, Whatever your feelings are on him, Jamron Green on his podcast had had a really really solid point, and that was to throw Vanderbilt on Murray. Um, and I think defensively that that is something that we're gonna have to see how they make adjustments on because Murray is so much fun to watch, and I kind of always forget about him on this team, but he is so so good. Um, and you're gonna have to figure out something because I think I think AD. I think Jokic is just going to get his and you're going to have to just be okay with that. It's limiting all the other stuff around him as best you can. And I think Draymond Green is onto something here with putting Vandy on Murray, sort of like we saw when Vandy went and guard Steph. He, he, he's your most versatile defensive player, obviously outside of like LeBron, but you want to keep, he gives you the most options there. Um, but that's going to be a very fascinating series. Anthony Davis is obviously the key to that series. My biggest concern with that series is the same concern I had the last time. It's just the Lakers. They just have so much tread on their tires. You're playing in, in Denver a lot. You know, can they physically just be there? Um, we'll see. Game two is going to be really, really, really important. See how they bounce back. See how they recover from game one physically, mentally, emotionally, all that good stuff. But my biggest concern with the Lakers is I think if all things were created equal, you know, they could win this this series, obviously. You know, I have them in my championship going against the Celtics, but my concern is how physically they can keep up here. You know, how well they can recover game to game because they are older and they've got a lot of tread on their tires. And I do fear that this younger Nuggets team with Jokic, who is, you know, Magic Johnson at the center position um, with what he can do in distributing and grabbing rebounds and extending the floor and just doing everything. I mean, he's the best player in the world. He's the best player in the world. He is the best player in the world. He is the, he should have been the MVP. I know we have MVP fatigue in the NBA. But he should have been the MVP. Um, game two is going to be really important. How do the Lakers bounce back? How do they recover week to week or game to game? I mean, it's going to be super fun. Um, other quick notes in the NBA. Sixers. 
fire Doc Rivers. Had to do it. Not going to solve anything. I mean, I don't know why we're acting super surprised about what's going on in the Philadelphia Sixers. It's a loser organization. This this organization personifies loser mentality and energy. I mean, they got so good at losing, they had a name for it, the process. Like, they took losing and professionalized it and tried to make themselves out to be geniuses for just being a terribly run organization that are losers. Like, the Sixers are a loser organization. They just, everything about them is a loser organization. The fact, you know, there's so much talk about, like, what they could do to get better. It's like, get a guy like Jimmy Butler on the roster. You had him, couldn't keep him because you're a loser organization. You have Doc. This series wasn't even Doc's fault. Um, like you have to fire him after what had transpired there. But like this is much more on Embiid and Harden. But the problem is Harden is who he is at this point in his career. He doesn't get better in series. He is he's sort of like the old dog. He can't try teach new tricks to. Like he is he is who he is, and Embiid. Sure, he's banged up here, but like you're the MVP of the league. You got to be able to dig deeper into your pocket in a game seven and provide more there. And he couldn't do it. And Embiid's a phenomenal basketball player. One of the best basketball players in the world, without question. Top five guy. But unfortunately, his style of play does not lend itself to what you need when you get down in a series or you're in a game seven and you got a guy like Tatum going off for 51, <laughs> you need, you need the different type of player. You need a Jimmy Butler in that situation and they don't have it and they're not going to have it. And they're going to continue to lose because they're a loser organization. I don't know what else to tell you there. All right, folks, this episode of trophy kids podcast is brought to you by the bad news media store. Did you know we have a store? We've got a store now. We got everything for you. We got trophy kids merch, which is awesome we've got city merch general report merch we've got stuff just good good solid merchandise everywhere on the store check it out badnewsmediastore.com and now for the last segment all right and we're back for the final segment um of today's show if you're watching on youtube clearly i've got a different look going on right now um we recorded the first part of our episode today last night instant reaction from the celtics game but one topic we didn't touch on um, the topic that's kind of taken the basketball world by storm right now is John Moran and yet another incident waving a gun, flashing a gun. Um, it's really come to a head. If you were watching the NBA draft lottery, Adam Silver came on, was asked about it. And for all intents and purposes, I think if you're reading between the lines, it seems pretty clear that they're going to drop the absolute hammer on John Moran. Um, now there's been a ton of takes, um, some good, some bad, some in between, um, but the one thing that is pretty consistent is that I think everybody views this as super troublesome um, and not troublesome because he necessarily broke any laws. He didn't. As far as we can tell, no laws were broken, perfectly legal to have a gun. Um, the issue here at the core of the issue here is the reckless behavior that John Morant seems to be displaying that puts himself and others, individuals at risk. Um he is treating a firearm as if it's a super soaker. Like this is a tool that is designed for one singular purpose. And that is to kill. Now that could be in various functions, hunting, self-defense, offensive, but that's the design of it. And he's treating it as a toy. The NBA is a private corporation. 
He is an employer of that private corporation. He is a star within that organization. He has got enormous reach with very impressionable youth, children, individuals across the world. And the NBA is obviously concerned about this. Now, he didn't have the gun on team property. He didn't have the gun at an NBA facility. He simply had the gun in the car with him. But this reckless kind of treatment of what is a very serious tool is alarming. Um, And it puts him and people around him at risk. You know, as somebody who grew up with a firearm in the home, taught from a very young age, you know, you never point a gun at anything that you aren't trying to shoot. Point blank. That's it. You treat that gun in a very different manner than you treat virtually anything else um, because of the destructive nature that it can, it poses. And John Morant, between this, his last gun incident, the incidents at the Foot Locker or whatever, the incident, the multitude of incidences that he's got going on here is alarming for a league that is very image conscious and understands their role among impressionable children um and having a star athlete act this way especially after you had one incident and from the conversation that adam silver laid out it seemed like he had a very heartfelt conversation with john morant and that you know this is something that wasn't going to happen like this is just stupid like it's just stupid it's childish it's stupid you were playing with something that could seriously hurt yourself or worse kill yourself you could end up you know in a plaxical burst situation where you don't you don't end up killing yourself, but you you maim yourself with a gun. Um, or you, God forbid, shoot somebody else too. Like, this isn't a toy. And I think that is at the core of the issue um, in this behavior and what is so concerning and why the NBA wants to get a, hold, a handle of this, um, especially in our society that is becoming more and more cautious around gun use um, due to the abuse that we have within our society. So, yeah, of course, like... All these people out here, there's a lot of people out here are like, well, he didn't break the law or anything, so there really shouldn't be any punishment or it should be like a fine or something. Like, that's just stupid. It's stupid. Like, the NBA is going to come down. There's a punishment here. Just like in every business that you are associated with as an employee, there are certain standards that you have to meet. There's, there's a certain way you have to conduct yourself in and outside of your profession. And if that, if the way you are handling yourself is viewed as detrimental to your employer of course there's going to be consequences he's going to be suspended no doubt about it it's rightfully deserved this isn't a hard thing to avoid doing it's incredibly stupid um and hopefully he gets it straightened away like the fear here is more that he's going to hurt himself or somebody else by acting like an idiot um and that's the concerning part so i think it's very clear the nba is going to drop drop a pretty hefty suspension on him. We'll see what it is and judge it at that point in time. I think, yeah, a, a suspension is certainly in line. Um, when you are making hundreds of millions of dollars, being a professional athlete, there is a standard you have to meet. Um, there's a way you have to carry yourself in this world. Um, and being recklessly, handling a firearm recklessly 
is going to garner some extremely negative attention and it's going to prompt the NBA to come in and take action because especially since this isn't your first offense and there's a ser- there's a pattern of behavior here not just with firearms but just in general about how you're handling yourself outside of the NBA that is troublesome um and when you're a star and the spotlight is on you and you have millions of followers and kids who look up to you as a role model and see your actions, what you present to the world, they are going to view as okay. So the NBA has to come in and, and sort of almost parent you in this situation. And that that's what's happening. Um, and that would happen in any part. And the conversations about, you know, the larger society, you know, JJ's out here talking about how politicians have no consequences. It's a totally different game. I'm not saying it's fair. Um Politicians get backlash all the time, but that's a very different thing. Their employer is their voting constituency. So if the constituency has a problem with it, they'll take action against it. Um, the NBA is the employer, John Morant. They have an issue with it. They're going to take action with it. So that's really all it comes down to. Um, it's super disturbing because, like I said, there are right and wrong ways to handle a firearm. At the end of the day, a firearm is a tool. The sole purpose of that tool is to kill. That's it. That's the design of that tool. And John Morant's out here treating it like it's a super soaker or a Nerf gun. Like, it's deeply concerning. Um, And the NBA is going to take issue because this isn't the first time. Like, he's just being an idiot. He's being an idiot with something that can cause great harm to himself and those around him um, and carrying it about recklessly with reckless abandonment. And so, yeah, fine in a suspension is probably coming down the pipeline. I think that's well in line. Hopefully he gets his act cleaned up and stops acting like a child. Um, But we'll have to see, you know, hopefully somebody comes in. (sighs) And helps him see a better way here. Um, But we'll see. I don't know. That's all. Those are my thoughts on it. Um, That'll do it for trophy kids today. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Quick hitter today. Just wanted to hop on, get some stuff out there where Dante's coming on next week. Um, We'll get, kind of break down where we are in the NBA season, got some other stuff. The college football preview shows though are coming back. Those we are in the works started our first prep this week. The NFL will be coming back here as well. So make sure you are hitting subscribe. We've absolutely nailed the future markets the last couple of years in betting. I mean, absolutely destroyed it. Went three for one in the NFL last year. We have yet to have, we have yet to have an off uh, a preseason when we break down NFL divisions and lay future bets where we haven't been profitable in the four years we've done it. So make sure you keep your eyes open for that. That'll be coming down the pipeline later this summer. The college one's starting, already starting to do our analysis here. I'm getting excited for football. Um, nervous about YouTube. YouTube TV. I don't have YouTube TV. I'm, I'm still apparently one of the few that has cable because um, I refuse to be on that enormous time delay with really intense, important games. But YouTube TV apparently was an absolute shit show last night um, for the Boston Celtics game. And like, that makes me so nervous for Sunday ticket. Like, are you guys going to be able to handle this? I'm also pissed that the NFL is moving a playoff game to Peacock. Like, what the hell is this? Like this, this idea that we're moving to streaming for these majorly important games is makes me want to vomit. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, Especially for like a product like the NFL and the NBA for that matter. Now, there you can still catch games on cable um, or just your local broadcast, ABC, things like that. But like your player base, your employee based NFL players, NBA players predominantly comes from low income families. 
and you are now pricing those families out the next generation from watching these games. And that just doesn't sit well for me. As well as it doesn't sit well for me that you have a product. It's America's game at this point. Football is America's game. Okay, let's not get it twisted. It's America's game. And putting it behind a paywall, especially for a playoff game, for a service like Peacock, is absolutely ridiculous. It's a money power grab. It sucks that it's happening. There's not much we can do outside of not watching it, but nobody's not going to watch a playoff game. Um, but it sucks. It's absolutely ridiculous. The NFL, just like w- another reason why they are just the absolute worst at their core. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about that down the line as they move to that model. Um, hopefully, you know, the numbers come in terrible like they did for Thursday night and they, you know, have a little shock to the brain um, and reverse course, but we'll see. So that does it for our episode. Thank you as always. And as always, peace.